Well, good morning, everybody. It's already been a wonderful morning, and I just wanted to take a moment to, uh, to introduce someone today. Um, as you know, at the bridge, we believe what's good for us, what's good for the kingdom is good for us, <laughs> and, and we are just normal, quirky people, if you haven't picked that up yet, so love it. But hey, just we, we, we love the chance to kind of celebrate with the Capital C Church and to celebrate as, as the church, not just our local kind of expression of it. And, and so with that, we, we get the privilege of bringing in some other uh, leaders from other churches throughout our city. And so today we have Roswell Smith with us. He's going to come teach. He, he pastors church at U of H. They, their timeline is very similar to ours. They started right at about the same time we did back in the fall of 2014 as far as their official gatherings. So there's a kindred spirit there to, to sharing some adventure and adversity together. So we're going to be in the book of James, chapter 5. I know you guys have been uh, kind of rolling through James, right? Um, last, last Sunday, your pastor preached on James 4, and it was a really, I think, challenging. Um, the message had lots of robust power in it. It was, it was a little heavy, but that's what the gospel does, right? It, it, it's supposed to weigh on us. It's supposed to put pressure, or a better word is tension. I'm going to talk about that word in a minute. Because I think that a lot of times in church culture, we get, we get tension confused with uh, stress. And there are two different things. That uh, stress is something way on this side of tension. Tension is healthy, and it produces um, good things. We need tension in our life, right? Um, you, see it, you see it all around us in the universe, in the world, the earth even reflects that. Uh, without, without tension, things just don't grow. Things just don't produce um, in the way they're supposed to produce. Does that make sense? And so this tension that uh, sometimes the, the Word of God brings is healthy for us. And as I was hearing that sermon uh, online last week, I said, man, this is really, <laughs> this is a challenging word. But I know that it was, it was good for our souls. It was good for the church, um, the bridge. It was good for your present and your future. Because what that will do is it will cause you to look in, it will cause you to look up, and it will cause you to look ahead. Uh, at, what, at what God's doing. Nothing in this world can do that like the Word of God. Nothing, no book, no magazine, um, nothing can challenge us to, to look within, to look, to look back, to, to, to like really recap and recount what God has done in the look ahead because the gospel is a, uh, it, 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 it forces us, it brings tension, which produces hope. <clears throat> and we need that in this world desperately. Our city needs hope, Right? This area, this corridor, Montrose, this Westheimer district needs hope. Third Ward, all the wards in it, the inner city needs hope, period. Um, and so with that said, I want to pause and pray briefly and then dive into uh, James 5. Let's pray. God, thank you for this opportunity to, to stand under your word and to declare the goodness of what you have said and what you have called holy, what you have called good, and what you have called instruction to our souls, and we pray, Father, for uh, the ability to hear and to listen to what you are trying to say to us today. God, give us grace to receive what you um, are saying through James 5. Help us to, with, with a clear mind, understand and see Christ in these scriptures. And God, then give us grace to walk out of here and apply it to our lives and live it out faithfully. We thank you, Lord, for this time, and we Celebrate the goodness of your word. God, God, grow within myself, 
within your people a deeper appreciation and a deeper uh, appetite for your word. That as we read it, we would come to a place of maturity and a place of of joy and a place of hope. That that, that our neighbors, our friends, our co-workers, the places that we work, live, and play, people need this hope and help us to live it out as such. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, James chapter 5 is of sorts uh, an encouragement. It is an exhortation. The tone of James 5 is uh, more of a tone that we kind of like this, this man like, like let's go, let's, let, let's be about this, let, let's, let, let's, let's, let's do this, right? This attitude of, of uh, taking of, of, the, of God's word and saying, I'm going to walk this out. It's not a tone where we need to kind of, you know, bow our heads, stick our lip out and, and say, man, I can't do this, but it's, it's the opposite of that. And you'll see what I'm, what I'm talking about in a minute. As I walk through James 5 and you look at um, the, the previous, I think, uh, uh, first part of James 5 where it talks about the, uh, the riches or the warning to rich oppressors, which was dealt with last week. You see this, this blanket of stewardship, this blanket of here's how you should handle, here's what it looks like um, when people mishandle, which as a result should help us to deeply and more, um, I guess, in a, in a better way to say it, healthier, see the, 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 the idea of stewardship and um, money and resources better. Because if we're, look, if we're looking at the culture today, everything that we're seeing and we're experiencing in society and so, in social circles and social climates, it's all based around what? Most of it is. Say that again. Self, but also, yeah, dollars, right? <laughs> all of it. All of it. Everything, we, everything is moving from the sports world to the marketplace to front offices. NFL draft was this last week. I don't know if we have any football heads in the house. But if you saw in the first, in the first four picks alone, it's like all this stuff happening. People are like, what's going on in trades and all dollars, right? And so imagine if a people group who call themselves Christ followers could actually understand principles of stewardship. And I preach to myself when I'm preaching this, so please, please hear me because I'm not the best at this, at this money issue. Ask my wife. She'll tell you. Brother be struggling sometimes, <laughs> right? But he's gifted her, hallelujah, with the, with the ability and the grace to see numbers better than I see numbers. But this is a really, this is a preaching point because stewardship is important because how can we really impact society and social climates if we don't know how to steward our, our stuff? We don't know how to handle dollars, right? <laughs> so, I love that James 4 dealt with that in a sense of warning and, hey, you better watch out, okay? This is a real issue. And as Christ followers, as Christ professors of faith, we need to really be able to handle this thing. And so the, ter- the corner turns in the next part of that chapter where he really calls the church, calls people to uh, patience, but, but to be faithful in patience, to be, to be steadfast or to endure in patience, to, to, to be mature in patience. When you're driving, when you, yeah, I heard, of, oh, who did, the, who, who was that at? The city streets. Um, the stuff that I know, if y'all live in this area, boy, this, West Timer is a hot disaster, right? All the time. It's terrible. But these streets will work your patience. They will force you. They will, they will teach you. They will preach to your soul. They will test you every time you get in the car in this city. 
on patience. Your children, if you have kids, it tests your patience. People in the workplace. Some of you, you guys and gals who work in the marketplace and you're in business and you're, you're, you're like in, you know, real serious arenas, people will test you. They'll test your patience. So we need it. Man, we need to be people who understand and who live out patience and increasingly live it out. And so let's look at the text and look at verse 7. And it's just really good medicine for our souls, but also I hope and I pray that you will find this as encouragement. He says, therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil, being patient about it until he gets the early and the latter rains. So I want to look at verse 7, and let's just look at the, the choice of, 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 of uh, descriptive words, adjectives, and, and verbs. And he says the precious produce. He refers to it as precious because it's something that's, that's worth the wait. Okay? Y'all hearing me? So let's, let's work with that for a minute. So precious, something that's worth it, that's valuable enough, that, that's worthy of our, of our investment of waiting, of, 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 of patiently, calmly watching and waiting for it to produce. He said, the farmer, and, you know, think about, this is amazing. He chose this example. He draws the, the farmer to illustrate the principle or the powerful principle of patience. This is somebody that actually their whole livelihood, their, their whole life is built around that, that, that harvest, right? The whole, their whole, their family, their children, their home, it's all based on what springs up. So he has to be patient because if he rushes it, if he tries to do things too fast, if he does too much, what will happen? It won't produce properly. It'll come up stunted. It won't be worth anything. He can't sell it. He can't use it. His kids can't really get full meals because the stuff is not, it's not ripe. So he has to wait. He has to exercise patience. And I love that about this text because it reminds me and it shows me that no matter what I'm dealing with, especially if it's something even, sometimes we see things that aren't really important to God. It might be, you know, small to us, but, but to God, when it comes to our patience, everything's a big deal. I believe that. Be careful of overlooking or downplaying seemingly insignificant things. Because if you do that, you'll find yourself reaching for the stars, trying to hit a home run every time up the bat, and that's not how God works. That's not how it works. It's a process, right? It's a game of inches, so it's step by step. It, it's, it's slow, it's steady. It's like a crock pot. It's not this microwave thing. It's not this insta, insta thing. Come on, bring, you know, it's not how it works. And I, we're, now, I say that to say this. We're living in a, a, a culture where everything is insta. <laughs> it's fast. Everything. I mean, everything. You can get it so fast, it'll blow your mind. But Jesus, in the kingdom way, is one that is more slow process, slow cook over time because it's, it's valuable. I'm going to draw an illustration from the Old Testament in a few minutes to, to help really flush this out. Uh, later on in the text, he, he actually refers to the prophets and Job and talks about how they endured. And, and there's one story that I find, always find funny, um, but, well, I'll just wait. I don't want to spoil the, that was a little teaser for you. I don't want to spoil it too bad. But it's this idea of waiting. By a show of hands, how many of y'all 
and I'm, I'm speaking to a room full of mature, young adults. Some, maybe the oldest person in here might be like 35, 38. I'm being generous because I don't want to get my head knocked off. Say it again. Who? Boy, you bold, man, but that's all right. That's a man right there. So, so 50 all the way down to like 21, 22. I'm talking to people who, who, who've been through some span of life, who know what it's like to wait. But to really wait, to really be patient, and to really trust the Lord in patience, because the text is teaching us a principle that is both uh, eternal and present. The eternal part of this, and he says it a few times more, we'll, we'll deal with it in a minute, the Lord is coming. <laughs> the Lord is coming. And scriptures tell us that as we have an expect, we're supposed to have an expectation of his coming, of his second, because it purifies us. It actually, it actually uh, produces more Christ-likeness. Are y'all hearing me this morning? So it's so critical to, to get this eternal, but also not forsaking the present attitude, demeanor, posture of patience. We have to wait. Tell somebody you have to wait. Now, y'all don't believe that. <laughs> so you have to wait. And so we read on in verse 8. He says, you too be patient. Strengthen your hearts for the coming of the Lord is near. It's this idea these guys were living in a time where they, they, were, they were so on fire about Jesus coming back. There was so much expectation because some of, these, some of this audience had actually secondhand, firsthand experienced Jesus. So imagine being in that, in that time frame, the declarations of his return is like hot on your heart. And it's something that you probably have dreams about. These guys maybe had, they couldn't escape the thought that this is, this Messiah is coming back. And so it was always on their lips. If you read through the New Testament, you see this over and over again. The Lord's coming is near. It's going to happen. Man, prepare yourselves, right? And so, man, if, if they were that hot for it then, how much more for us right now? So we'd be expecting, uh, excited about the Lord's return, not afraid not, 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 not worried about, man, I hope I do this. Before. No, man. We had this real twisted mentality in college, man. We just, well, Jesus is coming back soon, so I guess I'll just, just be a slacker in school, man. <laughs> I mean, if we from for real, man, we had this, I mean, it was war, it was messed up. Was, we were so on fire for the Lord. Like, man, those moments when you first came to Jesus and he first touched your heart, right? Everything you read was like, oh, man, this, I feel this. It's strong. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing because... That's what childlike faith looks like. It's this expectation. And it's hard. It's hard for us to maintain it over years because life is hard. Stuff happens in life. Uh, struggles, disappointments, frustrations. People are angry at God in the church because of things they've gone through. People are upset. People are confused about God's plan for their life. Man, are we, are we together on this? Come on, y'all, right? People you talk to, y'all walk with folks, man, in, in discipleship, and you, you stay to call people out of eye, and they, they tell you the deepest things of their soul, and people are going through stuff. And so when hell rises up in somebody's life, and when the cards are totally against them, what do we tell people? 
you can't, we, can, we can't do the whole, like, the Christian cliche thing anymore. That, those days are over with. You can't do that no more. It's not fair. Well, God will, make, God will get you through it, and, you know, he, nothing you can bear. No, man, he does put on us more than we can bear. That's why we need him, because <laughs> he helps us to bear it. He helps us to bear it and go through it. But he, we also need each other. And so make no mistake, we're talking about something that's very real, that's very present for us, and very present for our people in community, in our culture, our neighborhoods, patience. And it's not just a virtuous, it's a virtue, you know, that, that's true, but that, that's, that's only, you're just hitting the surface. You're just barely scratching the surface when you say patience is a virtue. That's true, but it's more to it than that. What you say, I'm glad you asked. James 5, 9 Watch what he says, and I'm about to get on something real heavy and preach to you a little bit. Check this out. He said in verse 9, do not complain, brethren, against one another so that you yourselves may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing right at the door. This is, again, it's a third time. When you see stuff three times and two times in the scripture, you need to, don't sleep on that is what he's saying. Wake up and see what this is. The Lord's, it's imminent, which means it's a deal, it's a thing, it's going to happen. So we should live our lives in such a way that actually reflects that, that coming of Jesus. Something about my life, about how I treat people, about how I treat my family in the faith, about how I treat strangers even, the Bible says, it should, it should be so authentic and so rich and so wholesome. Not to the point to where you're awkward and you're doing awkward things and you're not being real, but, man, just to where you consider people where they are, right? To where you listen to people. You listen for real. You listen. No agenda, no motive. I just want to hear. I want to be with people in their stuff. That's where transformation, the Holy Spirit can get in that. He can get all up in that and use that. So he's talking to us about real grown-up stuff. Don't complain. Man, here we go. <laughs> Complaining. Jesus is too close for us to be walking around complaining about everything, about stuff, about how somebody stole. This is old black church stuff, old black historical black churches. Somebody sat in her seat, took their parking space. That, that stuff is real, man. I grew up in one of them churches and I saw this firsthand. I saw people holding grudges for decades because sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so took your seat in the church. I'm like, man, get your tail up out of that pew and go sit somewhere else. Your name is, your name, you don't, that pew don't belong to you. Got the big old hat on. Can't nobody see around you anyway, so you move around. <laughs> move around, man. How many of y'all seen that in church? Come on, be honest. Raise your hand. You've seen it. Yeah. It's people, man. Frustrating. But complaining, let me tell you what complaining does, okay? If you don't already know, complaining is so negative. Complaining can destroy a whole room. The space of people, it could, it could ruin the whole climate of a space. Come on, man. Complaining, do y'all realize there's a statistic out in the, from the age from 2004 until now, the average teenager is exposed to 400 somewhere, 400 negative things a day, and only 50 positive things a day. So what does that mean? You got, okay, people, friends, social media, that's most of them right there, social media. Um, they're teachers, they're leaders at their schools. I mean, it's a melting pot of negativity. So 400 
negative, 50 positive, there's something very wrong with that. And here's where the spiritual side of it comes in is that negativity produces negative thoughts, negative actions. In other words, sin. Sin, right? <laughs> you negative, you bitter. Y'all seen this, man. All day long, we see the news. People get mad at their spouse, go upside the spouse's head. Both now, men and women do it. It's, it's both domestic people. Just remember that what used to be do, man. Women are beating up men now. That's a real thing. You can chuckle. It, it, it is funny at first because you're like, okay, man, hold, come on, bro, hold on. This one whooped you, man, in the house. <laughs> I'm old school, right? I never seen that before. What does that look like? Now, my dad raised us in a home where he said, man, you, you should never put your hands on a woman. But if you get attacked by a woman, man, restrain her or run. But don't just sit there and take a whooping, man. Get out of there, bro. But it's a very real thing because people don't know how, they don't know how to do this. Resolving conflict. We don't know because we, we complain we're so negative. Y'all, please hear the heart of what I'm trying to tell you. It, it's, it's a laugh, but it's also a very real principle in this thing that we are responsible for our spaces. And when you look at people, workplaces, ministry, this is really critical. So remember, man, don't complain. Don't, be, don't complain, man. Don't, don't be a catalyst of negativity in people's lives. Your home should be a place. Your house should be a place, man, where positivity, right? The spirit of the Lord, the gospel is what produces this stuff. It's okay that, man, we call it positivity. It's okay to call it that, right? Be positive, man. Wake up in the morning and affirm your spouse. Affirm your children. Tell them good things. Your friends, the person you're dating, that you're engaged to, man, affirm that person, man. Get into a habit of affirming people, of, of speaking life into people. Now, now, make no mistake, this is not a positive, bless me, prosperity message I'm trying to preach to you, but I am telling you this principle, it advances the gospel in ways you can't even imagine. Because if in our world and culture, if people are hearing 400 somewhere there negative things a day, for a Christ follower to live his or her life out where they are being honest with people and affirming them, right? And, and, and an example that reflects Jesus, man, that's, people are seeing this. This is what the gospel does. Because the Bible says, goodness and mercy will follow me. Goodness and mercy. It's a good things. Even when I'm in a valley, even when things are not looking good, goodness and mercy. <laughs> goodness and mercy. James 5 is an exhortation towards the goodness of the gospel. And we see this flushed out from verse 10 at the end of the chapter <clears throat> where he calls the Old Testament, the prophets, to the table. As an example, brothers, of suffering and patience, take the prophets who spoke in the Lord's name. We count those blessed who endured we count them blessed who have gone through stuff and come out of it. We count them blessed. You have heard of the endurance of Job and have seen the outcome of the Lord's dealings with Job, that the Lord is full of compassion and is merciful. <laughs> Story of Job. Let's replay and rewind. Brother had everything, was cold, right? It's a messed up story when you think about it. This would be an amazing movie if we could get it on on the screen. This was, I mean, this is crazy, right? This guy's life was one big roller coaster. But at the end of the matter, what happened? The Lord blessed him double. 
just, that's the, I didn't write that story. You can't make that story up. Think about Abraham, right? The, the, the child issue, couldn't have a baby. All these people, all these stories, man, all these Old Testament characters, you see this, this, this illustration of, man, they, they're in the lowest of places, man. People are, are without, are barren, are going through stuff, losing family members, and the Lord shows up and he's faithful. Now, the Old Testament characters I want to, I want to call to the table this story about this guy named Jacob and this girl named Rachel. Y'all know the story? How many years was it the dude, old buddy, had to wait seven years? Come on, man. What kind of, I'm like, now nah, I'm reading this like, hold on, man. When I first read this story, I'm like laughing. I'm like, ain't no way in the world. Seven years, man, I'll move on, bro. Right, look, she, she might look good, might, 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 might love Jesus, but uh, seven years is a long time. Brother was patient. Yeah, y'all laughing. Come on, bros. Now, don't, don't sleep on this, uh, men of God. It's a very real thing. And the Bible says in, in the Scripture, just for your reading purposes on your own, Genesis 29, 20, that whole, that whole text says, So Jacob served seven years for Rachel. Her dad Laban made him serve seven years to have her hand as his woman. But look at this. This is where I love this story. And they seemed to Jacob, but only a few days because of his love for her. I heard that laugh. He'll over there eating it up. Hey, listen, the, the seven-year waiting seemed like a few days because his love for her was so deep. Expectation was so high. Please hear this. This is a, this is a joyful, this is like wedding day. We, yeah, man, let's go. Can y'all see the groomsmen? Like, bro, seven years is on. This is it, man. You've endured. You've waited. And that's the attitude. That's the posture we should assume. We, listen, man, we should not walk across the line dragging our feet in anything in life when it comes to waiting and patience. We ought to walk through that line and say, man, God was with me. I mean, we are here humbly. The Lord did this. I didn't do this. Man, the Lord provided this woman. He provided this, this Rachel. So for the fellows in the room who are single and you're waiting for Rachel to come to you, like, man, keep waiting. She's coming. Like, seriously. <laughs> I'm being dead serious. Y'all know me. I'm being for real. You, the Lord has prepared a woman. Young ladies, the Boaz principle is at work in your life. Waiting for Boaz, right? It's not real to you if we don't bring it to your front step because we're created for partnership in life. We're created to be one with opposite sex within the confines of marriage. Let me tell you something else. By He made it all good. He made all of it good. Everything you experience in marriage is good. The arguments, right, the frustrations, <laughs> it's all good. It's for your good. Sex, it's all good. Kids come out, it's all good. It's lovely. And it's supposed to be celebrated. Can we, can we change the paradigm of our people see Christians, man, in this, in this, this idea of patience and waiting? We, got, we don't, we're not in deals with the Lord. It's not, it's not front office stuff. It's relationship. And the Bible says the man was, was so in love with the girl, he had, his eyes were so fixed on her that seven years, like a few days. Oh, what? 
That's crazy to me. My heart can't read that and not see, man, the powerful principle in that, which is his eyes were not worried about the time. His eyes were focused on the Lord. His eyes were focused on the prize, if you will. And that's what drove him to seven years of waiting, preaching in here, bro. The scripture, Genesis 29, is preaching to my soul, right? Now there are things that I'm waiting God to do. I believe in him for But my eyes are fixed on him. Could there be a place in our heart and our soul that is so authentic and so rooted in Christ? And Hebrews talks about this, man. Fix your eyes on Jesus, man. Fix, fix your attention, right? Fix your soul. Fix your heart on Jesus. He's the prize. That's the gospel, man. The gospel, he's the hero. It's that our neighborhoods and our city gets to hear that message and see it and then live it out together. That's the invitation I know of Bridge Montrose. You guys are inviting people in this area. This is a hard area to do ministry in. So that tension I'm talking about, that tension is all around us always, and it's good, it's healthy. I'm ministering to a guy right now who works at Stag Provision down in Westheimer. How many of y'all know where Stag is? All the bros in the house? How many of y'all shop at Stag? Yeah, it's good. They have sales and stuff. You need to go check it out. It's, <laughs> some of y'all are like, bro, look, hold on. I ain't got stag money. Yeah, some of that stuff is like crazy expensive. They got like shorts. I mean, way up here. Do 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 men's shorts for like 150 bucks. I mean, y'all crazy. I, I, and I tell my boy, man, you crazy, man. These <laughs> these prices are outrageous. What's wrong with you? He's like, man, I, I can't help him. I just, I'm just the manager here. I just work here. That's what he tells me. Anyway, and we've been meeting, having coffee. He's a great guy. His name is Kevin, and we uh, we've been talking about stuff, man. He's been, he's got a, he's got a, uh, a fiance. She's pregnant, and man, they, they're going through stuff. And he's like, yo, bro. So he's when you make mine, I want mine to have a little bigger of a lip, so this won't happen. <laughs> the, the other one, yeah, a cup holder right there. That's right. Yes, sir. Water bottle giving me fits. But I talked to the guy, man, and. Um, we were having coffee, and it just basically I saw what was going on, <clears throat> and it's a lack of clarity because he has, he's gospelless, he's hopeless. And so I, when, I, when, I, when I sit with this guy, I just, I just listen real intently, and I give my little two cents. And every time we meet, it's every time we, we get, man, it's like at the end of those discussions, I have like maybe two minutes to talk. He's had like an hour to talk. I got like, and it's okay. I got like two minutes. I'm conditioned to this, y'all, because it's like this is, this is what we do. And so two minutes, I said, man, let me tell you, bro, without thinking about that. And he's, he, gets, he gets like so mad. He said, man, every time we meet up in like a few minutes, you sum up what I've said in the last hour, but you give me hope. And I'm like, man, well, bro, the hope, the hope is, is not in me, man. It's, it's in what I'm telling you. It's in this gospel. And until you come to a place where you can trust that and believe that for yourself, your life will be a cycle. He knows this. He, he, he's, he's owned it. He's owned it. So pray for Kevin. He's closer than we think. But look at your life. Look at your friendships. Look at your connections in life, and you'll see, man, people that God has put around you for this purpose. I need the example. To see you be patient. To see you wait for stuff. To see you wait on promotions and stuff like that. It's saying something. And we don't know what it's saying because we can only see here. We're very short-sighted when it comes to, yeah, 
but man, people around us that are looking in from the outside, they're like, man, how is, he, how is, this, how is she doing this? I would have gave up. How is this happening? I'll tell you how it's happening. A well-known passage in the book of Isaiah, the 40th chapter. We've heard this, probably preached, some of us, maybe a lot. We've heard it in movies. My wife's favorite movie, remember the Titans? Like eagles, y'all. That's where I'm going. But this text is so powerful because it shows us this is not who we are when we come out of the thing. This is who we are when we're going through the thing. That God not only is worried about you getting through it to say, man, I made it, but he's really concerned about how you go through it. Amen? About your posture, your position in faith, how you see things, your perspective. That's the, that's the word. Do we have perspective? Which means can we see left and right? Do we just see, are we so tunnel vision? As I'm closing this message, as we move towards response, communion, I want you, each one of us, to, to, to chew on this. What's my posture like in waiting? What's my posture every day? Am I, am I a patient person? Am I just going through stuff just to, man, let me just get through this, God. I don't want to learn. What's our, what's our demeanor? Listen to this, man. If you want to follow along, you can, Isaiah 40, 30, but just, just listen. He said, though, though youth, young people grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Do you see the, do you see the imagery that this guy is painting? Eagles, what makes an eagle unique as a bird is not only its size, but its wings give it power and ability to fly up against wind currents and bring it up higher over storms. So the nastiest storm could be happening, and an eagle can just like float up right through it like it's nothing. Chaos all around it. Please hear this, right? Stuff flying everywhere, winds, tumultuous winds, but an eagle would just rise up like it's nothing because it's wind. The, the ability that God has given eagles in their DNA enables them to rise up and to fly hard and fast against the grain. Hallelujah. Why is he saying this in Isaiah 40? Because Israel had a tendency, the church, Christians have a tendency to look at situations and to just bow out, man, I can't do it. Look at life, I can't do this. Some of us today, maybe the same thing with your faith, man, this, Jesus is awesome, but I don't know if I can do this. It's hard. Isaiah 40 says, not only can you do it, but you can do it like an eagle. You can actually be effective in it. In other words, you can, you can, you can, you can reach souls, you can reach people that they can't be reached <laughs> by any other means but maybe through you because of your friendship, because of your presence in the workplace, because of your presence in the neighborhood. Are you hearing me? It, there's, there's an ability in us is what I'm trying to say. And last party, I love this imagery. They will run and not get tired. They will walk 
and not become weary. It's the picture, man, of, of life, basically. If we'll be honest in the room today, I'm, I'm calling for transparency now. How many of y'all are just tired, man? Life is just, you're just tired. Just, just fatigued. How many of y'all mentally just, I know you students like, man, these finals make me tired for real. Are you a very student? How many of y'all mentally tired? Mentally, just, you waxed. Emotionally tired. So say for us, me to say from up here that we're all in some way tired. Tired of people, maybe. <laughs> You're just tired, but, but the Bible tells us this is possible because, because Jesus is the one who's who's given us strength to do it. So let the weight of Isaiah 40 weigh on you. Let let, let James 5 weigh on you. He is faithful while you're going through it. He's faithful while you're going through it. Job experiences faithfulness. Jacob, Rachel. I didn't didn't even talk about Rachel's experience in that waiting. How much much has that been, been for her? How dare me miss that, that part of it, right? <laughs> Seriously, how, I mean, could you imagine? Because females are so emotionally charged and we're not that emotionally charged, but what she went through, respect her emotions in there. That was hard. That was a hard thing, but God was faithful. Abraham, all these, pe- all these people, man, the Lord is with us. Let me pray for us. Thank you, Jesus, for the beauty and the weight of Scripture and the tension that it brings. It calls us to the carpet every time. And as we hear and listen to to what you have said and now uh, to what you are doing and desiring to do in our hearts, from my own heart, I pray, God, for a deeper trust in this, that I'm waiting for things to happen. I need to trust you. As my wife and I wait for a healthy baby girl in August, as, as the other women in the room who are waiting for children, waiting for pregnancy, waiting for health. God, we, we look to you and we look to your word because it is, it, is, it is trustworthy, it is faithful, it is good. Grow us up, Lord, in this. Help us to respond accordingly. Help us to be courageous. Help us to be bold. Help us to be humble. Help us to be aware in expectation of what you're doing in our lives and in this grand scheme of the gospel towards Houston, Texas. Thank you, Lord, towards Montrose, towards Third Ward, towards downtown, towards East Downtown, downtown towards the whole city. Help us to be aware a deeper awareness, a deeper hunger for what you're doing. Cultivating your people, God, a thirst and a hunger for the kingdom, for the the word of God to come alive in people's lives. We want to see that. We desperately desire, we thirst, we hunger to see that. God, I pray for this church, their leadership, elders, deacons, that God, you would would move in them. God, for this pastor, that you would touch his life, God, and that you would move on behalf of the vision you've put in him for this neighborhood, this community. 
recharge and revive his soul and his heart, Lord. Encourage him through his wife, God, through his, his friends, through his children, Lord. Bless this couple. Bless this church, God. I see what you're doing here, and they may have tunnel vision. They may not be able to see, but, God, as, as onlookers, we see, and we're encouraged. I am encouraged by what I saw. Celebrate the gospel. Celebrate church planting. Grow partnerships, Lord, and change the city while you're doing it. We love you, and we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you, guys. <clears throat>